0: a terrible feeling in my stomach that night. Um, I couldn't sleep. Um, I got up and paced around and I just felt like there was something very wrong. I actually woke my husband up out of a dead sleep, and um, I asked him question after question after question, to which he responded with all the answers that I never wanted to hear. Yes, there was someone else. Yes, he loved her. and no. He did not want to see if Grace fit here. He wanted a divorce. Um, He and I stayed up all night um, trying to untangle our lives from each other. 14 year relationship, um, seven years of marriage, two kids. I built my whole life around him. I had no idea where to go or what to do next. My boss asked me to meet her at one of the locations that I supervise. And when she showed up, she had another visitor with her. And in the space of about 20 minutes, I went from a career that I'd had for 10 years to nothing. Uh, Our second second car, 60% of our income, our benefits, our entire livelihood, was gone. I, I couldn't understand where God was in that moment. I can't understand why this is happening to me, to us. I don't I don't know where to go from here. The the future, the plans that we'd had, the the sense of security. It's just gone. It's it's scary. It's Unknown, it's confusing, and it's just
1: gone. So, what are we supposed to do when we find ourselves in situations like that? Where you get information that you know in just a moment it's going to radically change your life forever. Where one moment life seems good, and then all of a sudden, the next moment, you're thrust into a world where you're not sure where up is. You're not sure which direction to go. To go. You're kind of aimless and wondering, God, what do I do here? What do I do in this scenario, in this place where I've just been pushed into? You may not be able to fully identify with the stories in that video, but most of us know what it's like to find ourselves in an in-between place a place where we aren't where we used to be, we aren't where we want to be. We're just in this middle zone, this kind of like desert position of life, where we're just, again, not sure where to go, we're not sure what to do. Well, today we're wrapping up our In Between series. And in this series, we've been exploring what God wants us to know and what God wants us to do in these types of moments of life And if you've missed either one of the last two messages in this series, I strongly encourage you to go to our website at theepicchurch.com and listen to them there, or you can go to our iTunes account and download them from there and listen to them on your computer, your smartphone. Uh, There's some great information in this series, and I think this is one of those series that we're going to need to draw from in the future. So you may not be in an in-between position right now in your life, but you could be next week. You could be in a month. A year from now, you could be in that spot and might need this information. So I encourage you to go and and listen to that information. It'd be great to help you navigate those moments of life. Now, as a way of quick review... We've been on a journey over the past few weeks with the ancient Israelites. We have left Egypt, that's where they were in slavery for 400 years, and we are headed towards what is known as the promised land. This is special land that God was going to give the Israelites. This land was going to help identify them as a nation to the entire world. So it was, again, really special land that God said, I'm going to give this to you. So that's the journey that we've been on. And so far in this journey, God has freed the Israelites from slavery. He's given them the wealth of Egypt. He's protected them from their enemies. He's provided for them in the desert where there was very little food for the almost 2 million people traveling in their group and very little water. God has provided for their needs on a consistent basis. And God has taught them on this journey how to live in a right relationship. With him, I mean, he has taught them specifically what it looks like to be in a relationship with the creator of the universe. And he said, basically, I want you to be in a strong relationship with me and to get this right because you represent me to the entire world. As the world looks at you, they will see and understand what it means to be in a relationship with me. So God has lovingly taught them on this journey. Now, today, God has finally brought them to the edge of the promised land. They've got the desert season behind them, and they are about to see with their very own eyes what this promised land is all about. So in Numbers 13, God said to Moses, send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land that I am giving to the Israelites. Send one leader from each of the 12 ancestral tribes. So Moses selected 12 men one man per tribe, and said, guys, I want you to go into the promised land and I want you to scout it out. So go and find out what the people are like who live there. Are they strong? Are they weak? Are they well-protected or not? Find out what the land is like. Is it good land? Is it fertile land? Is it good soil? Bring back samples of everything that you find there. So these 12 men, they traveled all over the promised land. They wanted to come back and give a full report To Moses and the Israelites. Numbers 13 tells us what they found. Verse 25 After exploring the land for forty days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit that they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. So these guys are saying, hey, Israel, listen, God wasn't kidding when he told us about this land. It is amazing. It is full of of prosperity and abundance. Verse 23 says that they cut down one single cluster of grapes that took two men to carry. So I think they're saying to the Israelites, listen, it's better than what we thought. It's better than we first imagined. It's amazing what we found. But listen to the rest of the report. In verse 28, some of the spies said, but the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there. Jump to verse thirty. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once and take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land that we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there next to them. We felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. So the Israelites are facing their next challenge before they step into the promised land. There are some big obstacles between them and this land that God has promised to give them. There are some powerful people who live in this land, and those powerful people aren't gonna just say, oh, God told you that this was your land, oh, we'll just take our families and our livestock, and we'll just move and give it to you. So they're not gonna do that. So what are the Israelites gonna do as they face these obstacles? As we approach a better life that God has for us, we also face obstacles, things that seem impossible to overcome. There are many obstacles that stand between us and the life that God has for us. There are financial obstacles. There are career obstacles. There are relational obstacles, emotional obstacles, health obstacles. There are trust obstacles that you might be facing for you to move on in a relationship with God. There are many obstacles between us and the life that God has for us There are things that we're pretty sure that we just can't overcome.
2: Born to lose, I was born dead for 18 minutes. When I was born, I was a stillborn baby. I was a dead baby, I was a blue baby. They put my body on a table in the corner, and left me for dead. But it's not over until God say it's over. When I was 11 years old, my daddy got sick. Two weeks later, my daddy died with cancer of the liver. When I came along, I'm, I'm the baby of eight. And I'm not only the baby of eight. I'm a eight number one mama baby boy. I love my mama. My mama did everything for me. She fed me. She clothed me. She bathed me. She walked with me and helped me. But one day in my life, my mom got sick. When I was 14 years old, the doctor came to my family and said, your mama will never come home again. She had cancer. She had such much, at the very moment to live. I said, no, my mama, my mama will never abandon me. My mama told me I... I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. But I I got down on my knees and prayed, God, don't take mama. God, don't take mama. God, don't take mama. But in October 1968, my mama took a large breath. And when my mama died, I didn't want to live. I wanted to die too. I didn't have one thing to live for. Everywhere I went, people made fun of me. They look at me and they point and call me every name other than my own. He said, look, the boy walked funny. Look, the boy talked funny. I went home every day. And in Go Bay and chills, worn down my face, begging to die, I attempted suicide every other day for two years. Everybody gave up on me. I gave up on me.:
1: So what obstacles are you facing? What's standing between you and the life that God desires for you? As we face these obstacles, we have to be very careful who we listen to. For the Israelites, they had two very different reports that they were given. 10 of the spies said, we can't do it. The people are too powerful that live there. There is no way that we could possibly take this land. God must have been mistaken somehow. And then there were two spies, Joshua and Caleb, who said, it is possible. If God is for us, then no one can stand against us. God will give us this land. Who will the Israelites listen to as they face these obstacles? Who will you listen to as you face the obstacles in your life? Will you listen to people like Caleb who say with God everything is possible? Or will you listen to people who say it just just isn't possible? Like why are you even trying? Some people say you need to end your marriage. There's no hope for it. Your husband, your wife will never change, so you might as well just start over. Some people say you can't trust God to find someone who will love you. It's taken way too long for God to provide there, so you're just going to have to take that into your own hands and deal with that. Some people say, You can't trust God with your finances. I mean, he might ask you to do something stupid, like give some of it away, and you can't even pay your bills. So like, how does that make any sense? So you can't trust God in that area of your life. Or you'll never be able to do anything really significant for God. Like you've just got too much baggage, or you're just not smart enough, or you're just not talented enough, or you're just not educated enough. You're never gonna be able to be fully used by God. Even well-meaning Christ followers say things that are hurtful sometimes, that don't help when we look at obstacles that stand in our way. After having two miscarriages, a well-meaning Christ follower said to my wife, why are you trying to have more kids? Why don't you just be happy with the kids you have? And I'm so proud of my wife for not decking that lady in that moment, like that was a moment of spiritual maturity. That was fantastic. I'm glad I wasn't there. I'm not so sure I could have restrained myself. Who are you going to listen to? When you look at the obstacles that stand between you and the life that you desire, the life that God has for you. Again, are you going to listen to the Calebs? Are you going to listen to the faithless spies around you, the people that just say, it it just can't be done? Regardless of whether we're in an in-between season of life or not, it's critical for us to listen to the right people. Because it's, it means the difference between really experiencing the life that God has for us or cycling backwards and wandering in the desert for another season of life that's often unnecessary. In Numbers chapter 14, it tells us who the Israelites listen to. And uh, I, I tell you, just don't be shocked by this, okay? And it's gonna be shocking news when you hear this. Verse 1 says, so then the whole community began weeping aloud, and they cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Does that sound familiar to the last couple of weeks? Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Then they plotted among themselves, let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. So here they go again. Just like last week. They wanted to return to Egypt. They wanted to go back to a life of slavery. They wanted to go back to a time before God rescued them. And basically they're saying to God, God, we were better off without you. We were better off before you ever came along and interrupted. Even though we cried out to you for help, really we were better off without you. When we face difficult moments in life, it's really easy to come up with some really crazy solutions to the problems that we have, to the obstacles that we face. Sometimes we just get so desperate. The situation just just seems so difficult. We just want an escape. We just want to get out, and we can convince ourselves that, God, what you're asking is far too much. It's too difficult. It's just not possible to do it your way. I'm going to have to do it my way. Like, I I can't trust you with my marriage. I just can't do this thing that you want me to do in my marriage to fix this thing. It's just too difficult, too hard. I'm just going to have to take things into my own hands. God, I just can't trust you with my finances. I just can't. So I'm not gonna do the stuff that you're asking me to do with my finances. I'm just gonna have to control this, manage this myself. The situation that I'm in is so difficult, is so hard. God, I'm just gonna have to either settle for a life of quiet desperation, or I'm gonna have to go back to a life that I had before, before you ever Came along. Numbers 14, verse 6 says, Two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua and Caleb, tore their clothing, and that was a sign of of great angst. It was like when the guys would grab their clothes and rip it like that, it was to say, I am so serious about this. Pay attention to what I'm about to say. They were trying to get the Israelites' attention. So they said to all the people of Israel, the land that we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It's a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord. And don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. I think God is saying that same message to some of us today. So that problem that you think is is so big in your world, it's not, your God is bigger. That obstacle that you think is gonna crush you, it won't, your God is stronger. You know, that thing that you think will never happen with God, it can happen. That thing in your past that you think you're just never gonna get free from, you can get freedom from it. That relationship that you think is broken beyond repair, with God's help, that relationship too can be healed. Again, only God can bring good out of bad. Only God can take a a difficult situation and make it a great situation. Only God can take a bitter thing and make it a better thing. Listen to what God says in Romans chapter 8. This is one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible. In one season of life, I spent about two years just reading Romans chapter 8 on a regular basis. There's so much truth in Romans 8 that I just felt like I got to hang out here for a while. Like I don't fully grasp what's in Romans 8. So I just dedicated some time to spend there. So if you're looking for a place to hang out for a while, I encourage Romans chapter 8. I'm start in verse 31. It says this, if God is for us, who can ever be against us? since he did not spare even his own son. Now get that, the power in that statement. God did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. I've got four kids, and I love my four kids, and I love many of you, but I'm not giving up any one of my kids for you. No offense, but God gave up his most prized relationship, gave up Jesus for us. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So the moment that we were the ugliest, the moment that we were saying to God, God, I don't want you in my life, is the moment God sent Jesus to die for us. There's a whole lot of powerful truth wrapped up in that sentence. So since God did that, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God Himself has given us right standing with Himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and He is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Imagine that. Imagine the picture there. So here we have Jesus sitting at the right hand of God the Father, and He's pleading on our behalf. Do you think God the Father is going to give Jesus whatever He asks for? I do. I would. That was my, my kid sitting there. So Jesus is pleading on our behalf. Verse 35, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death or in a difficult season of life that we're not sure how to get out of? Verse 37, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So if you are a Christ follower, the creator of the universe is for you. So as you walk through your situation, whatever it may be, that difficult in-between spot, your God is for you. If that wasn't good enough, listen to Jeremiah 29.11. This is God speaking. It says, "I know the plans I have for you," says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. So God's plans for you—they're good plans. You may look at your scenario, your situation, in some moment, and go, "Wow, this doesn't feel good." But God's plans for you—they're good. God has a great future. Awaiting you. God has hope wrapped up in that thing that feels difficult for you in this moment. All we have to do is trust him and take a step forward in faith towards him. And when we face obstacles, the question is, who will we listen to? Who will we listen to? Will we listen to people who say, it just can't be done? Or will we listen to a God who says, it's already done.
2: One night, I went to church. I didn't want to go to church. I've been to church, but God don't love me. If God love me, why God take away my mama? If God love me, why God pick on me? God don't even like me. But that night, I sit down in church. Now, I found out, well, one thing, I found out well that God does love me. And had a wonderful blend of my life. I found out well that I'm not okay, but that's okay. God loves me just the way I am. And then I, I came and I gave my life to the Lord. I went to school after that night. The about body, they called me every name other than my own, a public school. They were so dumbfounded. They had to call together a school assembly to find out what changed my life. And I said to the body, I'm not the same anymore. I've been changed. I gave my life to God. I don't want to die anymore. I want to live. Why? Because I got something worth living for. They voted me to be the most popular boy in the student body. I became where I gave my life to God God called me to go all over the United States telling my story they tell me I I will never be the, I will never be a preacher they say you won't ever make it but I only been doing it. 37 years that said nobody will invite you to their church uh, but I have spoken in over 6,000 churches. We throw away broken things but God don't. God used They told me I will never find a wife. No woman will love you. You're not good enough to be loved. But September 5th, 1981, God gave me a beautiful bride. We have been together for over 28 years. They told me I would never be a daddy, but I am no one, but full time. Every time I look at my family, all I can say to God be the glory, the great thing he has done. I thank God every day for taking away my mama. If God did not take away my mama, my children would not be born. If God did not allow my mama to die, I would never find a wife. God saw a dead baby. And God brought that dead baby to life. And one day, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to help my brain and body. I'm going to see my mom and my dad again. We're going to live forever. And I'm going to say to my Lord, Lord, why have you been so good to me? And I hope we will say, well done, good, and favor, servant. Everybody won to big love. Everybody wound to be love.
1: So only God can take a, a bitter thing and make a better thing. Only God can take a situation that just seems hopeless and can transform us through that situation. So when you face the obstacles that stand between you and the life that God has for you, that, that promised land for you, who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe a God who says it's possible, all things are possible, I am for you? Or will you believe people who say it just can't be done? And will you cycle backwards, back into the desert? Now I'm going to pray in just a moment, and our, worship team, Brandon and Evan are going to come out and they're going to guide us through a closing song called Overcome. And during this song, I'm going to encourage you to do several things. One, if you're in one of those in-between moments right now, in one of those seasons where you're looking at some obstacles that seem too big for you, like you can't overcome these things, I encourage you to use this song as your prayer to God. Remind yourself that God has overcome and that he is for you and tell God that you will trust him with no matter what you face, no matter what you have to go through, no matter what obstacle stands between you and that promised land, you will trust God and listen to him and him alone. If there's something that you would like some prayer for, a few of us are going to gather back in that section and if you would like to come during prayer or during that song, I encourage you just to get up from your seat, come back. We'd love to pray for you during this next song. So let's all pray together. God, I thank you for the stories like David Ring's story, like the video we just watched. What a powerful story of what looks like a very difficult situation. And most of us would look at that and say, well, it's just hopeless. Nothing good could come out of that. And yet, God, you brought an incredible beauty. I've had the privilege of of hearing him on a number of occasions throughout the years share his story. It's an amazing story. And Lord, his perspective has always been one where he trusted you above everything else in life, above every obstacle that stood there, above anybody who said, you know what, it just can't be done. And Lord, I... My prayer for all of us is that we would be like him, that we would have that kind of perspective as we look at our lives and the in-between seasons that we're in, whether it's a job issue or a relationship issue, a health issue, a conflict issue. Lord, whatever it is, an issue with one of our kids, whatever it is, Lord, that we would trust you, listen to you, above everybody else around us who might say it's just not possible, above even our own voice in our own head that says, you know what, I just don't think you can do it. So why don't you just give up? Lord, my prayer for us as a church is that we would not be like the Israelites in this story, that we would not say, well, let's just go back. But Lord, we would trust you. And we, we, we would move forward towards those obstacles knowing that we are moving forward with you, the God who says everything is possible. As we listen to you, as we obey you, as we trust you, Lord, may we always trust you no matter what we face. May we see that you are way bigger than any obstacle we could ever face. You are way stronger than anything that might come our way. So, Lord, I pray this morning for those who are in those in-between seasons, those difficult moments. Lord, may they trust you above everyone else. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: Well, good morning. Welcome to Epic. We're so glad you are here this morning, especially if this is your first time. Thanks so much for coming. We're glad you're here. We hope you enjoy the service this morning. If you're a first time guest with us this morning, after the service, if you'd swing by our connection center in the back, we have a packet of information for you we'd love to give you just to share a little bit more about the heartbeat of Epic with you this morning. Last Sunday, we had a blast at the epic day at the park. It ended up, if you remember, about 5, 6 o'clock last Sunday night, it rained really hard, but we still had a great time, and a bunch of people played Guatemalan dodgeball. It was super fun. And we're going to be having some more of those throughout the summer, so stay tuned for dates for those if you missed that. Now, I have several announcements for us this morning. And the first of those is for parents and students. Surge is having an amazing summer camp. It's going to uh, travel um, to the west part of Florida and be part of a, a summer camp this summer. And so right after the service today, there's going to be an information meeting for both students and parents in the teacher's lounge right on the other side of these curtains. So if you're interested in going and find out more information right after the service, if you would swing by there, you can find out what you need there. Also, this summer we have two teams going to Guatemala, and they're going to be investing in kids as well as building homes for families in need. And through those two teams, we're going to be able to build four houses for families there in that area. And we're still needing the funds for one additional house. It's amazing. It only costs $2,800 to build a house, um, to build a home for a family in Guatemala. So if you'd like to invest in that, we'd love for you to partner with us in that. And you can do so by giving online at theepicchurch.com, and make sure you designate that towards Go Guatemala Home Construction or in our giving boxes in the back as well. And those teams are also working hard to raise money for their personal support to be able to go as well. And they're providing lots of services, things like lawn care, child care, house cleaning computer repair and many other things and if you need some of those services you could that's one way you can invest in the teams as well is if um, you could contact them there's a list online at the under the serve tab and then you can see all the services offered contact those people and then you can have a great service that you need as well as invest in those teams that way as well now i'd like you to check out this video
0: We always had a food pantry trade our church, and we started 16 years ago. We, maybe we, we uh, uh, helped about 30 families a month back then. We saw the need just growing because the economy did start to tank a little bit, and jobs were hard to get. Right now, we're at about 2,550 families. Uh, without the community effort involved in this, there's just no way that our church uh, could ever meet this need, there's just no way. And also just what you're doing uh, in helping provide these uh, shelf-stable goods. And we thank you for your interest and for your heart for the people that have a need.
3: I've had the opportunity to meet Pastor Charles and go out to the food pantry. And it is amazing what they are doing. They serve over 2,500 families per month here in Flagler County. And of course, they're a nonprofit and rely on donations from the community and from other organizations. So next week is our last week in terms of our April food drive to bring in non-perishable items. So if you've been thinking about it, please, this week, grab some food, bring it next week, and you can drop it off at the Connection Center, and we'll help them supply for their summer months coming up. We also have the opportunity to help build a family of help build a home for a family in need here in Flagler County. And this Saturday is our Habitat Build on the 27th. And this one we just found out is actually at the end of the build. So it's going to be doing sod and landscaping. So if you've been thinking about helping with a Habitat Build, but like me, cannot hammer a nail, this would be a great opportunity to help in this way with the sod and landscaping. And so we need about 20 more people to sign up and and be that team of workers. Um, So if you'd like to do so, if you could sign up at the EpicChurch.com, And then we also are going to need a um, team of people to help with food for lunch to provide for the worker crew as well. So if you could sign up if you'd like to help with lunch, that would be awesome. And then also, we've talked about lots of ways we can give this morning. One way we can also give is to financially support what God is doing here at Epic. And you can do so through the giving boxes in the back or online at theepicchurch.com as well. And lastly, if you signed up for starting point or next step in the back after the service, if you could purchase your materials um, for that, that's starting in just a couple weeks. Well, this morning we are in our in-between series. We're concluding that series talking about what do we do in our in-between times of life. So before we jump in that series, let's pray. Father, we thank you that you um, speak to us in just the in-between times, Lord, that you are so good and so faithful to us in those just really difficult times. And God, I pray this morning for that person who finds themselves in between where they want to be and where they are. And I pray that you would especially just touch and speak to that person this morning. God, we love you and we just entrust ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen.